I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's time for the happy half hour. With your friends, Kristen Balboni, Will Bryan, and Darren Gant. Welcome to a special Christmas edition of the Happy Half Hour. We are back with your friends, Darren Gant, Mick Mixon, and I'm Will Bryan, once again, sitting in the host chair for Kristen Balboni, who we've seen updates on Little Jack this week. Jack is the most beautiful baby I think that has ever existed. Wouldn't you agree? He's got to be right up there. I, you know, I told Kristen the other day, my wife's a pediatrician, and, and she says, as an industry, you know, everybody says, oh, what a beautiful baby. Well, they ain't all beautiful babies necessarily. But my wife walked by and saw the pictures, and she said, empirically speaking, that's a good-looking baby. This boy child favors his mother, which is why we're able to speak about him in such glowing terms right now with his physical appearance. I was I was wondering aloud the other day if when he grew up anyone would make any sort of jokes about space on the on the door in the water but I guess that generation just doesn't know anything about Titanic do they No Jack Oh that Jack. the movie oh. What a depressing film <laughs> Yeah jeez I saw that movie on an afternoon when the time changed when the days got shorter so I I come out of the theater <laughs> and 1100 people have just drowned and it's dark and it's raining Oh my gosh! Terrible. So speaking of, and so the living were envying the dead at yeah, that point. Exactly. As a great man once said, exactly. Speaking of uplifting things, how about Buffalo? Hey, hey. I've got a crush on Buffalo a little bit. Yeah. Not their team, but the, there's something about this city, and I guess maybe Cleveland could say the same thing. Some some other. I grew up in an Atlantic Coast Conference dominated state, so ACC basketball was great. Loved it. On fire for it as a kid, but in Buffalo. Football is important to them. So we get in a little late. We have, I won't bore you with all the details, but Jim Zoki and I, we have to drive a rental car from Pittsburgh to Buffalo. So we go through Erie. We go through Meadsville. We go through Upton, Thorndike, uh, all these other towns that I'm making up. Names. Maybe, possibly. Yeah. And we get to Buffalo about 7 o'clock. We end up going to a little sports bar across the street. The Patriots game is on versus the, Col- the Colts. And every time – Indianapolis got a first down. The whole bar erupted. So, so the Buffalo fans hate New England mm-hmm. and root for misery to befall them. Best chicken Caesar salad I've ever had. It looked like a basketball-sized mound of meticulously prepared, and the, 
the, the presentation was beautiful. Ice cold domestic light beer. Jake's in rare form. People recognize him. Yeah. Cheers kind of thing. Oh, you did. What, what do you think, Derek? I mean, that's cool. I mean, I wouldn't want to live there, but I just love how football means so much to them. Yeah, and and I tell you what, it is a town with a certain industrial charm about it. And they're, mm-hmm. you know, bringing back the waterfront district downtown and really doing a lot to make that city look a lot more like a city. But there's some cool old architecture. We were uh, fortunate uh, to have a tour guide, our uh, one of our guys in the video department, Kyle Tudor, the tutor, or Kyle Toot, the tutor spent three years up in Buffalo, so he knows knows his way around, took us to some local spots, um, and got a little defensive at the Southerners, i.e. me, constantly complaining about how cold it was. And I told him, I said, I, I really enjoy your fair city. I, I, there's, I appreciate you taking me around and showing me all the sights and you know, introducing me to some stuff I would not have known otherwise. And, and when I come back to Buffalo with you someday, there's only one more thing I really feel like I haven't seen yet. And he said, what's that? And I said, the sun. <laughs> the, Pierce, <laughs> the Pierce Arrow Museum is there. Yeah. Unbelievable. Because Buffalo's at the head of the Niagara River, they harnessed electricity. They were a little ahead of their time with hydro, in the hydroelectric thing, so – Things were invented in Buffalo. Electric blankets and some cool things came out of there early. It's also the home of Rick James, the hometown of Rick James. Did not know that. Yep. Neither did I. Who dated Linda Blair for a while, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) There are many things I've learned already in this podcast. There's nothing I can add to this at all outside of I lived in New York for two years, not in Buffalo. And it just feels like things don't need to be that hard on a day-to-day basis for six, seven months a year, you know, like having lived in North and South Carolina, mm-hmm. when you can wake up and you can get in your car and you can just drive and park, and then that's all you have to do to get to work other than scraping and shoveling right. and defrosting and worrying that things are dead or not dead. Like, it, it just doesn't need to be that hard on a Tuesday. No, it really doesn't. I remember uh, my my first wife was from Albany, New York, and the first time I went up there met her parents, there was about a foot of snow on the ground. And being the chivalrous young suitor I was, I said, I'll shovel the driveway off. It seemed like a charming thing to do. I'd never done it before. I was no stranger to manual labor growing up on a farm. So I said, I'll go out here. I'll shovel the driveway. Don't worry about it. I got this, Mr. Elliott. And he uh, he sat there and laughed, and he said, all right, have fun. I went out there about an hour later, and it was about halfway through that driveway, and I said, I'm never living up nope. here a day in my life. Nope. I don't need this in my life. Mm-mm. So speaking of interesting things that happened in Buffalo – you guys oh, yeah. were had a firsthand account of the pregame kicker fiasco. Tell, talk us through that. What did you see? What happened? Well, I mean, I had just finished talking or was in the late stages of talking to Jim Zoki on the pregame show on the Panthers radio network, and there was a bunch of hubbub down on the field and people moving in areas they don't normally move. And you get off the phone with Zoke and you start to figure out what's going on, talking to our people down on the field. And poor Zane Gonzalez uh, hurts himself during pregame warmups. And here's a funny thing about NFL rosters. There's only 53 players on them. They don't keep two kickers. And in the peculiar instance the Carolina Panthers are in, their punter, who's their third punter of the year, by the way, is an Australian gentleman named Lachlan Edwards. And Australian punters are great at many things. 
They can put a funny spin on the ball that will make it backspin on you, hard to catch, harder to see coming down. But they've never kicked from a placement in their life. Hmm. In five years of NFL career, Lachlan Edwards has only kicked off five times and <laughs> not with any particular distinction. And he's never kicked a field goal or extra point in all this time. So they are literally standing around like, what do we do now? And Rule tells us that Scott Fitter runs into the locker room and says, hey, guess what, coach? Zane just hurt himself. And then they start looking for volunteers. And as the story is told, Chase Blackburn's running around asking guys, you ever kicked before? And there were a handful of volunteers at that point. Now, Brandon Zilstra, who ended up kicking, had served as an emergency kicker much in the same way in high school. But Brandon Zilstra is just the kind of guy who will volunteer for anything. And he said, yeah, I'll give it a shot. But you had Frankie Louvu out there trying kickoffs in pregame. You had Reggie Bonifant trying kickoffs in pregame. P.J. Walker goes down and attempts what would have been an old-school extra point, a really short kick. And all I could think of after P.J. kicked that kick was, Bless his heart. You better get him back over there and make sure he doesn't get hurt in case they need him at quarterback today. So it uh, everything got scrambled all at once, and there were a bunch of people looking around like, oh, God, what do we do now? Darren called it a hubbub. It was more than that. It was a brouhaha. It was a rigmarole. It was a muckety-muck. <laughs> I mean, it was a bunch of mess down there. Was it Zoki a melee? It. Yeah. Zoki described it on the, the air, the pregame show, as it looked like a punt, pass, and kick competition <laughs> was going on down there. For those of you old enough to remember the old PP and K days. But, I mean, Zilstra steps into the breach mm-hmm. and really did a good job with it as, as well as could be expected. Considers himself, as he said many times, an athlete, not just a receiver or a special teams demon. And for a hot minute, this is the psychosis of the 2021 Carolina Panthers season. I looked at Jake and and Jim and said, guys, guys, this could work. We're going to go for it on all fourth downs. We're going to make some. We're going to go for two. We're not going to kick any field goals because we can't, but it's going to result in more points, and we're going to squib the kickoff down there, and Buffalo's going to mess it up, and we're going to recover it. Survey says, (laughs) not quite. Nope. One one for five on fourth down. Yeah. Um, I looked it up, so a couple of stats. Since I've sat in this chair, I haven't been doing the Will stat of the week for the last couple weeks, but I'm just going to go ahead and do it right now. Go on with your bad self. 60% of the time, it works every time. Stat of the week. It was the first time that an NFL wide receiver ever kicked off three times in a game in NFL history. Brandon Zilstra, he averaged 48.7 yards per kickoff, which wasn't bad. Their average drive start on the first two was like the 26 and a half. Yeah. Now, Buffalo Buffalo got a return they on the figured third, out the one, third one and, and made it pay a little bit. Got on the other side of the 40, which isn't good. But, you know, really, I mean, his average drive start after two kickoffs was like a yard and a half past a touchback. Yeah. You can work with that. That'll be okay. And, and this other one that I, I looked up recently, and this one was surprising to me because you would have think out of all the course of the history of Panthers football, yeah, this was just the sixth time in franchise history they hadn't attempted an extra point or a field goal. The last time it happened was 2004. That's a long time that they haven't ever attempted a field goal or an extra point in a game. The other thing is, that is a long time, Will, and that's a great stat. 
what is the name they call the score? The people that look at score optics. Scoregami. Score, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was so looking at that one too. How could that have never been? How could a halftime score have never been seventeen to eight before? Yeah, no, that's incredible. It was strange and unusual. And who? That's and what and we're in to for. the hard analytical mind, who really cares about these types of things? Twitter. Yeah. Because because the I, listeners I, of the happy half hour. Yeah, I, I mean it's incredible. Like I put that out there, and that was one of my most engaged tweets all day. Really, everyone loves a scoregami tweet. I guess it's a thing. The strange oh. and unusual <laughs> can always find purchase on the internet. It's a thing. I love that, that that expression has risen to prominence. It's a thing. This is kind of a thing, guys. We got a situation on our hands here. So looking forward now, quite briefly, we have Tom Brady, Tampa Bay coming in. It's the last home game of the season. What are you guys looking to see? Um, I am looking to see if Tom Brady's going to be throwing it to Jacquez Green. Uh, they are having a hard time finding people to catch footballs for him right now or for him to hand it to. Uh, Leonard Fournette's hurt, probably going on IR. Uh, Chris Godwin, eight, towards ACL. They're not in a spot that you would think a playoff contender would ordinarily be in, and then they're kind of disgracing themselves, frankly, by bringing Antonio Brown back into the building uh, after he falsi- suspended three games for falsifying a vaccine card. But, you know, it's football, and everybody wants to win, and business is good. So he's back, and Bruce Arians basically doesn't care because the job is to win, and they're going to let him back in. So um, we'll see how that goes with A.B. after three weeks off. But it's still Tom Brady, and – it, as unusual as it was seeing him get shut out the other night, you just immediately think, oh, God, what's coming next? Because he is not a man who cares for being embarrassed. Doing the depth chart for Tampa Bay on uh, started on Monday, and Will and, and Darren, just putting the numbers in, you don't see numbers like this very often, and I'm not talking about his stats, but he's 44 years old in his 22nd year. You just don't write those numbers no. of 44 and a 22 next to a quarterback very often, if at all. And the other thing I think is interesting, and I asked Coach Rule, we asked him about on Panther Talk this week, is that Chris Collinsworth was just all, what's the correct word, a titter? Is that the right word? A Twitter? A Twitter? A he flutter? Was beside, I hate cliche, so I don't want to say he was beside himself. He was Received reclaimed. Very, <laughs> very over the top on how the Saints have the formula. Look at what they're doing. They're dropping backers and sa- and moving safeties up, but mainly dropping backers into the underneath shallow middle and taking away all the inbreaks, all the slants, all those checkdowns that Brady has victimized people with over time. Now that works, I guess. It did work. That works if you got corners that can stay in phase with their receivers. Mm-hmm. They're dinged up at receiver. But so I asked Coach Rule on Panther Talk, Coach, when you watch a game, do you watch the TV copy or do you assign someone to do it? And if so, with the sound up or down, what would your guess be as to his response? I imagine he's got somebody listening to the game. Yeah, I, I think he's listening to it. Correct. He he likes to do it with the sound turned up and then he has someone do it. Yeah. Because and it makes sense, but in the intelligence, counterintelligence. So he knows, as all coaches do, that, say, Buck and Aikman come into town, they mm-hmm. get an audience with coaches. Coaches right. like to talk. They like to say, Troy, Tony, here's what, we're, here's what we think. Here's what we're going to do. Here's yeah. a, so some intel can be gained. And so I'm sure that uh, Matt Rule is aware of what Collinsworth said. Whether it can work, we shall see.
Yeah, I mean, and you talked about the corners. I mean, the the, the personnel has to be there. You got to be able to to do what you need to do on the front. I mean, and Tampa Bay right now is not able to really run the ball. Like they're, I, I looked that up. They're averaging less than a hundred yards rushing a game, and yeah. Fournette's now hurt. So for for them, you know, being able to drop those linebackers, if the front can do their responsibility and the corners can stay in man coverage, yeah, yeah. But the Bucks are almost like a fantasy camp situation. I mean, when one old guy goes down, uh-huh. they bring in another one. I mean, Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell, Bell, who you know a couple years ago was the most dangerous two way back in the NFL. A couple years ago, okay, five years ago. And he's still hanging around. He was on a practice squad earlier this year, and now all of a sudden he's back. And, you know, because we've seen Tom Brady do this so many times, I, you sort of fully expect him to have a 100-yard game at mm-hmm. some point along the way with Tom Brady throwing it to him and, and carrying the ball, you know, 12 times for 50 yards or something like that. But you just kind of expect it at this Why point. Why don't running backs last like they do used to? With the exception of Adrian Peterson, who was the back a few years ago? Was it Chris Henry? The Titans back? Yeah. So you had to think for a minute, right? Yeah. 2,000 yard mm-hmm. season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson. Chris oh, Chris Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, well, no wonder you had to think. I had it yeah, wrong. It Chris like... Johnson, that's right. Derek Henry. Derek Henry. Sorry Derrick about Henry. that. That's terrible. And then, um, you know, Shady McCoy. Mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell looked for a while like, and Lata- uh, Latavius Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, Bell looked for a while like he you just could not tackle him. I yeah. mean, the decision-making at the point of attack, incredible, incredibly slippery. But it's it's not for long like the NFL stands for. So we're going to transition real quick. We had some big news last week, Mick. I don't know if you heard about it. The Panthers are going to Germany. Mm-hmm. We're going to take all this. We're going to pick it up. We're going to go to Germany. There are probably some fans of our team that would – be in favor of that based <laughs> on what they've seen this year. <laughs> so real briefly, the league announced uh, last week that they're essentially assigning NFL teams to different marketing areas around the world. Uh, Mexico, Germany, Spain, France, uh, England, and the Panthers are one of four teams that are going to be able to market to fans in Germany, allow to uh, sell merchandise, uh, target things online. So essentially, in the United States, we can't put digital ads or target things to fans in other states. We can't go to Georgia and say, hey, buy this Panther ticket or you know, sign up for this contest. So what they're doing is allowing us to, to go to Germany to, to build a market there um, and, and to try to you know, have new fans in that area. We, so We have been given a charter to have, settle yes, a new exactly. land. Oh, Let me tell gosh. you something. <laughs> Germans are literal people. Some people say that are humorless. I do not subscribe to that theory, having been over there a time or two. Literal. But they are literal people. And what I mean by that is if this show plays in Germany, someone would say, Hans would say to to someone, Werner, this this is supposed this uh, they called us a happy half hour, yet these people are not happy. <laughs> they said half hour, it is thirty seven minutes. Well, we're we we're, we're trying that's why I'm on a I'm on a clock here. Yeah. I gotta make this exactly thirty minutes. So I, I spoke to the chapter president of the German Roaring Riot, Tobias Dorf. And no, you did not. I did. And we're about to listen to him right now. So we're here with Tobias from Germany. How about this? I think this is our first international guest here on the Happy Half Hour. Uh, Tobias, welcome in. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Hi. <laughs> so what exactly? You were with the, the German 
chapter of the Panthers Roaring Riot. Tell us about your your role with that. Yes, so uh, I'm the chapter leader of the German Riot. So the German Riot is the official chapter here in Germany of the Roaring Riot. And yeah, so I have the leading part. I Yeah. How long has there been a chapter in Germany? Uh, it's about uh, two, two and a half year. I think so. How did you initially become involved with it? Yeah, so it started with a Facebook group. So we, we have a Facebook group of all Panthers fans here in Germany. And then uh, we thought about to do our own thing, a little club, a little fan club. So And uh, Zach, the, uh, the ringleader of the Rolling Riot, see that. And he said, hey, guys, if you want, you can join the Rolling Riot and become an official chapter of the Rolling Riot. And so we were very excited and uh, decided to go to the Rolling Riot, for sure. So uh, what is better to be at the official uh, fan club <laughs> of the Panthers? So Excellent, excellent. Yeah, we're, we're quite familiar with, with Zach and, and the Rolling Riot here in Charlotte. So they, they do incredible work. It, you're you're in Cologne in Germany. Yeah. Are there other members of the riot there with you, or is everyone really spread out? Yeah, it's spread, but uh, we have a big community here in Cologne and nearby Cologne. So we have another community in Berlin. It's uh, it's it's a little bit bigger, and in Munich, in Hamburg. So in the big cities, we were there, but I think uh, the most um, the most of them are nearby Cologne and this area here. How did you and I guess others in in the group uh, around you? How did you guys become Carolina Panthers fans? I think it's most of them become Panthers fans uh, with the 2015 season. So football is not so big here in Germany right now. So it's become bigger and bigger every year. But 2015 was uh, the the incredible Panthers year um, with a 15 and one record. So. Most of the Panthers games were shown in German television. And because you cannot see so many games here in Germany like you do in, in, in the States. Um, yeah, you see the Panthers, you see Ken Newton and his, his style uh, this year. <laughs> and yeah, I think most, most of, the, of the Carolina Panthers fans become real Panthers fans in 2015. Sure, there are many or, or, or some people who uh, are Panthers fans since, uh, since the 90s, so since the beginning. But I think most of them starts with uh, this incredible season. I know when we traveled to London, the first time uh, the Panthers ever played a game internationally, uh, just, just being there, you, you could see so many different jerseys of different individual players. Have you found in Germany that many of, of the fans of the NFL are more fans of individual players or, or teams themselves? Mm, I think it's the team. So German fans are very, very loyal. So it doesn't matter if your team is uh, successful or if it's not. When you fell in love with a team, you stay there. It doesn't matter which player there is. Uh, and some. So all the Panthers fans bleeding, <laughs> bleeding uh, blue and black blood. So <laughs> I think we will be Panthers fans forever. It doesn't matter which player they play or, or not. That's awesome. Take me through a game day for you. Uh, obviously, there's a, is it six hours? Is that the time difference? Yeah, it's so, six hours. Yeah. yeah. What, what is that like? What is that like for you? And do you all have any pregame traditions or, or where do you go to, to, to have game day? Uh, I think it's it's quite different than in the States because uh, the, the games were shown lately in the television. So this year it was very comfortable for us here in Germany because uh, it was 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. when we uh, begin to, to um, 
to see the games. And so normally, I think you have a, a normal game day. So you start your Sunday with breakfast and something like this. You do family, uh, family stuff and um, nearly four to five in the afternoon, um, you come together and yeah, you drink some beer, you um, eat some chicken wings. So nearly the same that you do in, in the States. And then we <laughs> go to watch parties uh, or watch by ourselves. So it's it, it's it's not as big as the, the big tailgating that you have in, in, in the States. Um, so I think we are groups to about yeah, 10 to 20 people that comes together to, to watch the game. And um, yeah, cheer for the Panthers. Are there are there any special chants or, or German phrases that you guys have? Jerry Bichin is very popular here in Germany. Okay, so, and uh, you know the 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 chant "Prost" or, or "Cheers." Yeah, when you when you uh, when you cheer with your with your drinks. Uh huh. And in German, there's a, there's a, a cheer that you say "Chin Chin." So when you when you, <laughs> so it's not only "Prost." <laughs> so we say "Chin Chin" every time when uh, when Jeremy Chin do a tackle or, or have a sack or something like that. That's awesome. I think we we may need to bring that here now. I I like that a lot. <laughs> We need to do that. Chin Chin. I like it. Are there, uh, speaking of, of Jeremy Chin, are there other players on this current team that are that are fan favorites over there? You ask the number one fanboy of DJ Moore. So <laughs> okay. I love DJ Moore most of all here in Germany. Uh, now, I think DJ Moore is very popular for sure. Um, Cam Newton is very popular uh, as well. So mm-hmm. the German fan base get incredible. So it was so insane when, when Cam came back. Yeah, and... Uh, Brian Burns is very, very popular over here. I think Doug Brown. So we, we like the, the defense player a lot. Mm-hmm. So I, CMC is a superstar. We don't have to talk about it. So every everyone likes and, and loves CMC. But I think the who are very popular is Jeremy Chin. It's... Uh, so we liked Ethel Obada last year yeah. a lot. Yeah. So we were, we were very, very... Uh, um, so it was we were sad uh, um, because he left us. So he was very popular here in Germany because of the of the distance to 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 England. So mm-hmm. this was very nice. Yeah, but Jerry Machin, Brian Burns, DJ Moore for sure for me, ex- especially, and uh, yeah, Cam Newton. Do you follow? Are you a big soccer fan as well? The the Bundesliga. <laughs> mm. Yeah, most of the Germans do. <laughs> I don't because okay. I'm so big in love with with the NFL, with football. So I'm I'm not very interested in soccer anymore. Okay. So most of the time, I, I I take everything what I can get, what I can read, what I can watch about football, and yeah, a little bit soccer for sure. Every German loves soccer. <laughs> sure, sure. So obviously, this past week uh, there was the NFL announcement of the uh, expansion of NFL kind of marketing over to to different countries around the world, um, and, and the Panthers coming to Germany. What what do you think is some of the most important aspects of uh, expanding fandom um, among among Germans for for the Carolina Panthers? It's hard because we don't know exactly what it means to us. So it's 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 very difficult in Germany to get really really good fan stuff. So mm-hmm. some merch. I hope or we hope that this will be much better in the future, especially for the Panthers. So in Germany, will you 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 um, get much of the Raiders of of Patriots? So the uh, 
so it's 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 like a cliche you know and uh, uh the panthers <laughs> is 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 a little different uh, and we hope that we can get all the stuff from the panthers in the future and i think the biggest thing is uh, to see the panthers live in germany so mm -hmm. we hope so much that the panthers will come to germany and uh, we will give you the warmest uh, welcome that we ever had done to anybody so i think this uh, would be a, a very very big party if you come here to germany If we if we were to come, which city should we be playing a game in? What would be your favorite? Yeah, there are three cities uh, in the in the in the uh, closer um, decision. So it's uh, Munich, it's Frankfurt, and it's Düsseldorf. So for the community, Düsseldorf would be nice because it's it's in the middle of of the biggest our community. Um, for me, I think Frankfurt uh, will be the best um, the best place to be. But Munich is it's the most famous city mm -hmm. so in the states yeah you have bayern munich the, the soccer club uh, this stadium is awesome but i don't know if the stadium has the right um the right size for football hmm. field because the um the seats are very near to the to the soccer field and i don't know if it's big enough oh, but yeah. that's not my decision yeah <laughs> All right, so so Dusseldorf it is. Yeah, I should put that in a note to someone and make sure we get there. So Dusseldorf is is the the place to be uh, for the for the game. But I think um, the biggest city for 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 party for for everything would would be here in Cologne. So okay, excellent. Yeah. Well, if we if we come over, we're certainly coming to Cologne. That that's for sure. I, I will be there. Be nice. Yeah, I will be there. Well, thank you for taking some time today to talk to us. Uh, we we really appreciate you coming on. Welcome. So it's it's such a big honor for me to be here. Thank you very much. Thank you, and hopefully, hopefully, all of our uh, our German articles on on Panthers dot com are, are are good. I I do my best to try to make them correct. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's very good. So I I, th I like it. I like it a lot. So we appreciate it that yeah, that you do this this German account. So it's it's such a big thing for us. Excellent, excellent. Thanks, Tobias. Appreciate you having you. Welcome. Thank you very much. So what did you guys think? I I like the comment chin chin. Uh, is is what they say every time Jeremy Chin makes a tackle because that's the the cheers in Germany. That'll fit perfectly. I That'll love work. that guy. I mean, we need to send a plane ticket to him, bring him over here, let him get a big face full of Panther football. Let's have him on the show. I, I mean, every I'm, show needs a Tobias Dorf. We we need to take the show on the road and just go do it in Cologne. You know, he's from Cologne. Hey, I mean, have you guys been to Cologne? I have not. A great smelling city. <laughs> well, we'll go to Cologne. Unlike Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> So we we mentioned Tom Brady this weekend. There's some potential final things happening in this stadium. The goat Tom Brady could be playing his final game here. Cam Newton, the goat, could be playing his final game here. What we do know is that the goatiest of goats, the greatest of all greats, Mick Mixon, will be calling his final game in the press box here at Bank of America Stadium on Sunday. When you think about that, I mean, really, you've got the greatest quarterback of all time. Six rings. You've got the greatest run-pass threat quarterback of all time in Cam Newton. More touchdowns rushing than any quarterback in league history. Uh, most games with a touchdown rushing and passing than any quarterback in NFL history, ahead of a guy named Steve Young. So, of course, it only makes sense that that game should be called mm -hmm. by this guy right here, who's really kind of a – Sex symbol in his own right. I mean, when you talk about the very handsome <laughs> oh men, Tom Brady and Cam Newton, you know, who better to describe it than Mick Mixon? As I've gotten older, I've become an easy crier. I don't know why this is, but things affect me in ways that they used to not. Songs, movie scenes, and 
I like to run the upper deck stairs. It's one of my hobbies to try to keep old age away. And on Monday before Panther Talk, I went and did the upper deck. And really for the first time, it hit me as I looked down on the field from Section 5 or whatever, 30. I thought, dang it, man, I've spent a lot of time in this building and in the press box down below me. And, um, yeah, it's going to be – I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about retirement, but – I hadn't really considered what it'll be like to walk out of this booth for the last time until uh, until Monday afternoon. So I don't know. It's been a joy, been an honor, and I hope hope people like the way my colleagues and I call the games. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And you know the reception you've gotten uh, over the years. I mean, the thing about that I think is creates a connection here is you are what people in the Carolinas expect to hear coming through the radio. You're one of us. You you have roots in this state. You've grown up here. You've honed your craft throughout North and South Carolina, never strayed too far from home. And that's what people hear. It's authentic when it comes through the radio. You're what we sound like. <laughs> oh, My golly. Well, I appreciate that, Darren. And Darren wrote a nice piece back in the summer, uh, and, and I uh, I hear people mention people mention that to me uh, that they read that, and and I appreciate that and respect both you guys more than you can know. Uh, I, I've always believed that radio is magical. I believe that it is a an incredible theater where all your dreams can come true. Listeners are all sight challenged; they can't see, so they depend on us to describe not only what we can see, but also what we can smell and what we can sense and what we can feel. And I've always believed that when it's done well, and I'm not saying that we do it well, but I'm saying that when we when it is done well, it can do things that TV cannot do. It can create a meeting place where people hopefully feel comfortable with the group of people that they're listening to. And they, if they feel like these people have the gift of humility, that they care for each other, that they love the game, that they're well-prepared – that they might say something off script, that they might disagree with one another, that they might, we know that you tune in to hear the game, but that we might tell a story or give each other a hard time or maybe drop a pop culture reference in a time or two when it is appropriate. If we can keep you just a half a beat longer, if we could keep you after you've gotten back from the church house and maybe you're in your driveway and you want to hear the last part of a drive or you want to hear us come back from the first quarter to the second, if we can keep you around the water cooler, the radio, just a half of a beat longer to spend time with us after you've heard what you tuned in to hear, then that, that to me is, is what it's all about. And I, I really hope that my successor, whoever that man or woman is, will view the gig the same way. It's not about, it's not about you. It's not about, today marks my 1,000. I mean, that's just offensively stupid. But if you can just be the conduit through which the deeds of these athletes and coaches travel, then – kind of carry on the tradition a little bit maybe, then definitely we'll celebrate that from the seat of a John Deere tractor at 824 Stony Creek Church Road. And on that note, Merry Christmas, everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 